Whoa. Well, when your wife stands up here last week and talks about running in your lane, and her lane is this, she did so well, I thought, I'm never going to get that far. And then I realised I don't have to because I'm not running in her lane. So there you go. That's, I learned something last week. Um, yeah, my name's Nigel, part of the leadership team here, along with James and Rod. I'm married to Cheryl, who spoke last week. Um, I've realised over the coming weeks that I'm a leader here, but probably none of you know very much about me, which in some ways is a good thing. Um, but I've been on a race, I've been on a journey, like most of you really. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Let me change that. I grew up in a religious home. Um, my mum and dad, my grandparents on both sides were religious, Christians. They believed what they, in Jesus. Even my great-grandparents on both sides believed. So I just grew up naturally going to church, loving church, loving church family, um, loving what church families bring, like going around each other's for different meals. Um, but it wasn't until I was 17 that I really had a personal relationship with God. I used to work, I came straight out of school, worked on a farm, and at the age of 17, I slipped a disc. And in those days, it was painkillers the size of that, a board as thick as that on your bed, and you lay flat. And I was laying there in agony. And the doctor, he told me I'd be there probably six to eight weeks until the pressure in my back released and the disc went back in. I'd gone to a church that believed in healing. And this guy, bless his heart, he used to bike from Islam to Ely, which is about 10 miles. I lived, I lived in, a little, in a little village in between the two. All right? And this guy, on his way home, felt the Lord say to him, you need to go and pray for Nigel. At this point, I wasn't, didn't have a personal relationship with God. Okay? He struggled from five miles from my house to his house in Islam, arguing with the Lord. You are, if you ever speak to him, he, every pedal was a struggle. Okay? He got back home and he felt so convicted, he turned his bike round and biked five miles back again, knocked on the door and begrudgingly said, God has told me to come and pray for you. That was just how it was. And he walked in and he said, right, Lord, you've told me to do it. In the name of Jesus, be healed. The next morning, I got up out of bed, completely healed. I went to the doctor's because I was manual labour, went to the doctors and he said, I can't find anything wrong. That's when I said to God, you can have the rest of my life. And that was the start of my journey. I then went through, I don't know whether you'd, I call it a honeymoon period of knowing God. I used to pray, things happened. You know, you pray for something, oh Lord, I need some money. Well, blow me, there was some money. 
you know. Lord, ah, yeah, my car's broken down. I need to get it repaired. Yeah, garage straightened. Yeah, we can do it. Repaired. Prayed for people's backs to be healed. They were healed. Prayed for their legs to lengthen. They were lengthened. Things were great. Then all of a sudden it stopped. It stopped. I was, you know, doing what I thought. And I felt God say to me, I'm hiding myself from you. I want you to search. I want you to hunt for me. I want you to find the treasures that I have hidden in Scripture. Now, what I must tell you was, I'm just, I don't know how I put it, I grew up in a church where all the leaders were either teachers or lawyers or, you know, they were up here. And it was little me, you know. Best I could do was drive a tractor. I mean, my motto was, I can't read and I can't write, but I can drive a tractor. That was, that was me. And yet, I was prophesied over that God was going to use me. I thought, how on earth can you use me? How on earth? So I thought I'd progress. So I left farming and I became a bus driver. There you go. But for me and my family, my family was generations into farming. So I'd broken a trend. And I used to drive for National Express up and down, up and down to London. And I used to pass these, you know, in London, you get these healing meetings and things. And my heart longed, longed to see God move. In our village, there was a young lad who had a very bad car accident, paralysed from the legs down. And I said to God, why don't you heal him? Why can't we pray for him? When we pray for him, why is he not healed? And I just kept hearing God say, search, hunt, pursue. And I thought, what are you talking about? And then as it says, I've got some notes here, I don't know where I am, but there you are. Um, <laughs> It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. There's treasures that God has hidden in his word. And I thought, how do I find this kind of thing? How do I? And I was never any good at school. I was, you know, I used to get sent home for having long hair. That's how bad it was. I mean, I haven't got a neck. The, the school rule was the hair hadn't got to be on the collar. So if I wanted a day off, I used to walk past the headmaster's office like this. Homeboy, have your hair cut. Go home, work for my uncle, you know, and they live in. And I felt God say, if you're serious about following me, then I want you to search for me. So I think we'd... we'd We'd been married, we'd got two, three children. I was working for National Express. And I felt God say, I want you to give that up. I want you to go to part-time Bible college in London. I thought, how, how, do, I, how do I do that? So this is, this is where things, you know, you think, how does God work things, things out? And I can remember we Cheryl's mum and dad used to live in Bushy Hertfordshire and we were down there the day of the cup final. Um, we got, when Jess 
and Claire, the oldest ones, were about two or three, three or four. We used to have a Volvo estate with back seats. So I thought, I'll take them out in the morning and have a little trip down to, to Wembley. Thanks, I like being in lights. Um, trip down to Wembley just to see, before all the crowds got there, what it was like. On the way down, they were, they were facing the back. On the way down, I stopped and the lorry behind didn't. Bang! And I thought, oh dear. They were all right. In fact, Jess was laughing. She, I don't know, she just laughing. But God had protected them. And I thought, oh no. So I went home. The insurance company wrote the car off. Um, we went home. And... I really felt that God wanted me to take my HGV licence. So, I applied for it, got it, or went for the lessons. It was going to cost £750. How much did I get for the car written off? £750. Bought a new tailgate for £30, put the car back on the road, and off we go. So, God provided so anyhow, I went down to this Bible college. We used to go down three times a year. And it was a college that not only taught, but you did. So when they said you're going on outreach, it was outreach. So we'd book a hall and we'd go out and we would invite people in to hear. It was Jean Garnell, so that's how long, it, long ago it was. Um, and we would go out and invite people in. And we would fill these halls and she would preach the gospel. And then she'd say, if you want healing, the students of the college will now stand up. You go and find one and you pray. And they'll pray for you. And I can remember this guy walked up to me. He'd got a club foot and a bit twisted and like this. And I thought, oh, well, <laughs> this is going to be good. And he sits down and he turns, he's, I said, well, what have you come for? And I thought it was pretty obvious. He said, I don't want to be like my dad. I said, okay, what's your dad like? He said, he's a drunk and a wife beater. And I don't want to be like that. He said, but I don't know there's a God either. He said, I don't, don't know who can help me. So we were praying. And I said, God, what do I do in this? He said, pray for his back. So I prayed for his back. And seriously, as I prayed, you could hear joints crack. When he left, he left with his made-up shoe over his shoulder because his legs were the same. He said, now I know there's a God and I don't have to be like my dad. And I thought, wow. And can I say something? I've been searching for that ever since. I've been even searching for it now. Because I want to be person that God can use because we're different you and me are different but then I want to say you know in Cheryl's thing Cheryl's talk last week she talked about James could you just get my bag from over there mate Um, things that hold you back things you've got to throw off you got got it yeah got it Just, just pop that on with well no but you've got to put the bricks back in the chimney when you go home Um, and all through my life I want to share something with you 
We used to, as kids, I don't know whether you run through the grass, there was those, I suppose they were thistles. And you'd get home and they'd be stuck to your jumper and to your trousers and mum would say, where have you been? Oh, have you been near the river? No, as you knew I had because I was covered in this stuff. So, and through life, through my life, honestly, although I was pursuing God, I wasn't doing one thing. And we do it every time. He asks, he asks us every time we have communion to examine ourselves. I wasn't doing it. So, if you knew the weight of this bag, over the years, I was collecting more and more rubbish as I went. And my focus came off pursuing God for the things that I'd seen him do to actually, I was just treading water to stay alive as a Christian. I was just about treading water. My quiet times were just enough to get me through the day. I wasn't living in the favour of the abundant God that I knew, the one that loved to provide, loved to heal. And I started to get disappointed, disillusioned, and all this stuff started to pull my gaze backwards because I was carrying it all. See, when I, when I met Jesus at the cross and he became my saviour, he took it all away, didn't he? But you see, what happens is some of us take it away and then we say, yes, God, thanks for setting me free. See you later. And we take it with us. And he wants us to leave it behind. What does running a race mean? What has God provided for us to run this race? Cheryl mentioned it last week. There's a great cloud of witnesses this morning over the parapets of heaven encouraging us to move forward. Yeah? That's great. I don't know about you. I don't always hear them. You know, I'm, I'm in such a mud or I don't, you know, I could hear my father-in-law saying, go on, son, you're all right. Go on, go for it. You know, my old pastors, come on, Nigel, you're better than that. Go for it. He's also given us each other. When was the last time you turned to the person next to you or somebody in church and encouraged them? When have you looked them in the eyes and said, you know what, Chris, I'm really glad to be in church with you. You don't do a lot, but you're... No, I don't mean that. (laughs) You know, Chris, there's far more in you than what you believe. Come on, let's go. Let's pursue God. You know, Joe, come on. Let's go. Let's leave the past behind. Let's move forward. Come on. Illness is not going to hold us. Let's keep going. Age is not going to hold us. Let's go. You know, being a bricky is not going to stop me just because I'm a bricky. I'm just a truck driver. But God can use me and he can use you. We're moving into a building that I don't care what you say. I don't want to move there unless God comes with us. I don't want to be there unless we can provide something different than what I'm going to say churches are renowned for. I was listening to a service this morning and they were arguing about LGBG. Hold on, what does the Bible say? Love. 
doesn't matter what they are, love. Let God change them. Let God be on the inside. Yeah? He's the one that will change the hearts. I can't change the hearts of people, but he can. You want to be a part of that? I do. I don't care if we have to sit on the floor. Well, I do. Sorry. I don't care if I, if I have to sit on uncomfortable seats. But if people come in, hear the gospel, and their lives are changed, we're building the kingdom. That's what we want to do. Let me point out, there are some of you here this morning that are suffering from disappointments. You've prayed for stuff, haven't seen it happen, and you're like me. You get weighed down with it. God is saying to you guys this morning, what is in you is a treasure. What I've put in you is not wasted. Refocus and let's go. Refocus on God who says what he is. What he said, see, look, I've got all bookmarks there. I haven't used one of them because I can't remember where I am. But there you go. I felt God say to me this morning, many of us are living with disappointments in our lives. These disappointments can cause, lead to bitterness, which leads to discouragement, which leads to unbelief, which takes our eyes off Christ. It's funny how many of us will stand here or we'll sit here and we will say to each other, I believe I'm going to heaven. But you can't believe what God wants you to do tomorrow. You can, you know, you've got no choice, are you? When you die, die, you're going to go one way or the other. That's simple. You've got no choice in it. But if God is talking to you about something and it's a choice between obedience and disobedience, which one are you going to choose? Because the treasure is in obedience. The treasure is in obedience. I've found many a time, I was the most individualistic person out. Anybody offered me a lift, I'd rather drive on my own. I just didn't want to be in family. I wanted to be a rebel. I seriously did. Now, after three car engines blown up, I understood what God was saying because I couldn't afford to have the last engine repaired. So I had to rely on lifts. Yeah? God broke my stubbornness. Are you being stubborn this morning? What is God asking you to do? You being stubborn? I was. How is your heart this morning? Is it soft or is it hard? Is it soft enough to let the Holy Spirit nudge you and say, hey, you know that thing you've been hanging on to? It's about time you gave it back to me. It's time we moved on. You know, when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, they had to leave stuff behind. They had to leave stuff behind. And I believe what God is saying to us this morning, 
Church people, there are stuff that we need to leave behind before we move. We don't want to be taking the disappointments, the unbelief, the dissatisfaction, the grudges, the murmurs forward because I want to be with the people that when we're together people see that we love each other that we're quick to put things right when we hurt each other when was the last time you know (laughs) if you live with my dad long enough you you had to go and apologise to people because my dad would just literally walk up to somebody and say what you just said really offended me and he'd offend them in the way that he'd say that they offended me. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? God gave us the perfect, or Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to live. Treasures in this book, I don't know as grandparents whether you do this or parents even, but at Easter we love to hide Easter eggs. We love to hide Easter eggs and see James run around the garden and find them. (laughs) We love to do it. But the most enjoyment we get is when Florence finds one. And she's so busy coming back to tell you that she's found one, Sebby's got the other 15. You know, that kind of thing. And I believe Jesus has hidden treasures in this book. And when we get close to him, he's on the edge of his chair saying, yeah, keep going, find it, find it. I want to be that God that you're reading about. I want to be that God. If there are things holding you back, I wasn't perfect. I was nowhere near perfect. In fact, this last month I got caught for speeding, coming home from holiday, there you go. Yeah, my wife was really surprised when she got the letter. (laughs) <laughs> it was her car <laughs> uh, yeah. and then the stupid thing is I got caught on a motorway so I can't just do a speed awareness of course right? where's the nearest motorway here huh in the Netherlands or is it Sweden or somewhere over there that's the nearest one I've got to do a motorway course <laughs> I don't drive on it probably twice a year But that is something that I had to say sorry to God for. Because I broke the law. Somebody, you know, bless her, Cheryl said, well, it was only 57. Sorry, it was 50. You know, sin is sin, isn't it? It's not white or black. I got wrong. I got punished. You know, sin in my life is sin. The price has been paid. But I still have to confess it. I still have to confess it. Guys, this is just for you. Who are you running with? Who are you running with? Because I need encouragement. We had an Elders' Day a few months back. You know what the biggest thing came out of us? We all need encouragement. We all need encouragement to keep focused. And I don't think you're any different, men or women. We need encouragement to keep pushing forward into God. I'm an encourager by nature. You will get it whether you like it or not. 
You know, you ask my house group. I encourage them to step out, break out, dance, whatever. Because that's who we are. There's, there's hope in me. Do you live with hope this morning? Or do you live with despair? As you face tomorrow, is it just, oh, it's another day? Or is it, it's another day God has given me? I go between the two. I'll be very honest with you. Go between the two. But when I come here on a Sunday and sing the songs that we've sung, we have a God in heaven who's done it all for us. We just have to live in it, fight in the old way, the old life, and the new life. You know, those six months of honeymoon period was God just showing me what it could be like. <laughs> I've seen the light, okay. You know, he does, doesn't he? He lives, lets us live in that period of saying, this is what it can be like. But actually, I'm changing you daily as you walk. So as you walk, there are things I'm going to... It's like peeling an onion. Layers and layers. Because at the end of the day, I want to become more like Jesus. And that means less of me and more of him. I don't know where you are this morning, but I want to use this morning as a springboard to move together into the hope of what Jesus has for us as individuals and as a church. And you're part of it. Just tell the other person and say, you're part of it. Go on, go on, dare to, dare to look at somebody else. You know? Or if you're visiting, you could be a part of it. There you go. But this is what we, we're about. So when we have visitors come in, they feel the love of Jesus because he's flowing between us. How, how short do you keep your accounts with other people? If they wrong you, do you deal with it quickly? Or do you mm, be like me with some bills, put them in a drawer and I'll deal with that later? Because God says, keep a short account, doesn't he? Keep things clear. That's how we should be living. We should be living, encouraging each other. You know, I look at you and I think, God, you're an amazing God to put such a crew like us together, call us your body, and then say, I want to use you to do something special. Isn't that exciting? Don't you, don't you get excited about that? I do. I mean, we're gonna, we are going to rub each other up the wrong way. We're, we're human, unfortunately. We are human. But we're being changed day by day into the glory of God. And as I look at you, I look at you, I just think of the potential that we've got in this room. You know, please, my heart's cry is, Let's refocus. Let's examine ourselves deeply. We've got a physio here this morning, and I'm sure if I went to him, 
And I said, look, I've got really painful feet. He'd have a look at my feet and he'd say, no wonder. You know, that's, that's who he is. Because he knows what I would need to do to do stuff. Let's examine ourselves this morning deeply before God. It's very clear in scripture because if we don't deal with it, things happen to us. We fall, you know, it says, doesn't it? Some of us are ill, some of us even die. You know, it's, it's, sorry, it's black and white. It's there. It's wrong to come to the communion table if you know you've got something to get to your brother and you don't deal with it. You, you can't wash over it. You can't wash over it because the only thing it leads to is death. Part of you dies when you're not obedient to God. Part of you gets dull. So let's keep a short account with each other, examine our hearts, confess things to one another, confess to God. He's done it all. We, we prayed, you know, we sang it this morning. He's done it all so we can live in freedom, love and joy together. You know, I walk along Lowestoft Beach, pebbles, pebbles, pebbles. And me and Cheryl love collecting glass. Now, you may think we're nuts, but you'll see us walking down there. And it's a competition of how many pieces of glass you can find that have been ground up by the pebbles, have been smoothed off, had their rough edges taken away. That's why we're together. So when I rub up against Pete Walker, yeah, or... Even you, Alex. Yeah, God has smoothened me to be more like him. We willing to do that? We willing to let that happen? I want it to. So, let me finish. I will finish with scripture. I could have started with it, but I'll finish with it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us all run with the race with perseverance marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Scorning its shame and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, a great cloud of witnesses and Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for you and me. Let's take a few as Mike does what Mike does best. Let's just spend a few moments and just examine our hearts. Do we want to see the kingdom of God progress? Then let's examine our hearts. Be the best that we can be. Encourage each other. We're all at different stages in the race. You know, for many years, I felt as if my race was on a bungee strap. 
I used to get so far. And then, bang, I was back at the beginning. And then with all my strength, I'd go again. And you, you've seen it. And you're like, it gets harder and harder. And then, boing, you're back there. And then I learned that I had to have a running partner. As well as the Holy Spirit, I had to have somebody encourage me. Oh, Father. How I love you. Please forgive me for when I get things wrong. Father, help me leave behind the disappointments, the hurts. Help me forgive those who have said things that have hurt me probably they don't even know because I didn't even go to them and say hey do you realise what you said really hurt me this morning Father help us forgive all those things that we hold on to and are hindering us help us daily stand before you and examine our hearts that, Father, we can become more like you. That, Father, we can clearly show the way to those who are living in darkness. Help us be the light that shines towards you every day. I ask it in your name. Amen.